2: Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, or do whatever you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, also as well Vice Land. DraftSite.com, and of course, NBA Draft Junkies. It is truly appreciated. Well, all the NBA draft experts, they're on the way up here in a few minutes because the draft, as we speak, is still going on here in the second round. It's getting to pick right now 43 right now on the list. So it's going down. It's getting there. It's getting closer and closer to the end of the NBA draft. But it's been a very interesting NBA draft, to say the least. I'm going to have on some great guests for today's show. I'm looking forward to it, but I wanted to go on a little bit early to share some thoughts on some of the early happenings on this year's draft, and it's been uh, it's been quite a, dra- quite a draft, uh, I can tell you that for sure. Anthony Edwards from Georgia was the number one pick in this year's draft, kind of at the last minute we talked about it on the preview show, if you joined us for that and you got a chance to listen to that with Michael Weisenberg. We kind of thought that the trend was heading in his direction. Vegas had the lines having him as the favorite. So it looked more and more like Anthony Edwards was going to be the number one pick. I think that was because Minnesota just didn't have many options as far as trading down or trading the pick entirely. It looks like more and more that Anthony Edwards was going to be the case because that's a more natural fit. since it looks like they're going to be able to keep him on the roster at this point in time. So we'll go ahead and discuss that to see if that was a good choice or a bad one for Minnesota. Minnesota was very active with even more trades that came later on in the draft. And there really wasn't much movement as far as in the top 10. In fact, actually no draft changes at all. But it started to happen and the dominoes started falling in as far as after the, the lottery selections were made, it started the dominoes as far as this going here, this going there, this going here, this going there. All these teams started to make some trades, and it really got into a big-time flurry of action going on. It was quite interesting to see, but it was a, a very curious draft, to say the least. Some choices that were made at the back end of the first round were not even thought of in being first-round prospects. So that there were a couple surprises there, so we're going to talk about that and along as who came out on the draft looking a little bit better and who is kind of like still searching for answers, maybe didn't do as well as, as we were hoping that they would be for this year's NBA draft. So we'll be talking about all those great things as well. Again, we truly appreciate everyone getting a chance to check out what we have here at the Lakers Fast Break. Yes, we are going to be doing an NBA draft recap this evening. I'm looking forward to it. It's been such a great time as far as over the past few months talking to these great analysts over and over again, just months and months, because this has been obviously a delayed draft, and I know that a lot of people have been waiting for way too long for this draft to continue, but it is something that finally happened. It it finally came about, and I'm glad to see that it, it did Again, we're just a few picks away from the end right now. We're getting close to 45, pick number 45 on the list. And there's still some prospects out there that are going to be looked at right now by some teams. Where are they going to end up? If they're going to be traded even more, there's still a lot of inside scuttlebutt on it. But some curious things as well. Uh, I'm just going as, as far as it's concerned. Uh, you know, I've got the messages right now for the guys as you're seeing on the list right now on our Twitter. And and I'll tell you what, it's been interesting to see. Um, and I know Raphael is on a Nick show right now, but he will be stopping by uh, on this show when you can because it's been such a great time talking to him on all the draft preview shows and whatnot. So I'm going to tell him to come on when he can. And then also Michael and Jason Weiserberg from Viceland. You gotta check out their show. And then Stone Hansen will be on from draftsite.com. Some of the curious things that happened as far as uh just before the draft was Philadelphia trading away Al Horford, which I know they were trying to unload that contract, and uh they were able to do so and traded it to uh, traded him to Oklahoma city for Danny green and a package, including Terrence Ferguson, and then some draft picks back and forth. That was very interesting to see how Oklahoma city is really looking to be in that rebuild position and how many more draft picks they can uh, have as far as first round draft picks. In fact, they had at one time 17 first round draft picks up into what? 2026. And he's getting ready right now to come on the air. In fact, two guys, two guys, Two great guys indeed. They are the Brothers United. They're coming on right now, and they look like they're ready to go. They are Jason Weisenberg and Michael Weisenberg. Guys, the second round is still finishing up, but I appreciate you coming on the air as we go ahead and do the draft recap. We're on as long as we need to be. So the floor is yours to go ahead and moan and groan or praise and and whatnot, but there's going to be a ton of things I want to talk about for today's show. Just great to have you here first off. And while we're at it, so we go ahead and get the plugs in early. Jason, I want to start with you first. Please tell everyone out there why they need to check out your awesome shows that you and Mikey do at Viceland.
3: Because Viceland is the place to go for all things Weisenberg. It's just a, it's a great show. We do a lot of history. We do a lot of NBA draft. So it's just a little bit of everything with oh. our perspective of Bickering Brothers as well.
2: Yes, yes. It cannot go without the bickering. I was, t- t- I was speaking to Mikey about that earlier today, but Mikey, uh, uh, thank you again for appearing on the draft preview show that we did earlier. It got a great response. Already got a couple messages thanking us for doing that and some great insight although we were, it's it was dated the second that we put it out. It was, chaos. it was complete chaos.
1: Yes. And but the cool thing, Gerald, is like we did get like a few picks like here and there and um like for instance, Halliburton did slip. Yes. And uh we yeah that it was uh it was pretty crazy so yeah I hey I give you credit for having him slip um because I I had always heard that NBA people were higher on Tyrese Halliburton than maybe we were yeah but um yeah it turns out that he slipped to Sacramento I had uh the reverse picks of like uh you know here and there and uh Precious goes a lot lower than I thought I had heard about Washington but then you know denny slips to to washington a lot of crazy things happening uh pin pritchard university of oregon goes in the first round I and, and the first hurt. thing i
2: thought about was you my friend i thought of yeah. you first when he went in the first round
1: because he had the he had the promise and you wanted to see if the oh. promise was real second israeli player chosen uh just now yamadar um so yeah that's a good one. I'm just updating like the draft also. So I'll be, uh, Oh yeah. Yamadar. I I liked,
2: I liked him. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: And I was trying, I'm trying to play uh, Wojen Shams by uh, basically, um, getting their notifications as soon as possible.
2: I always, (laughs) I always love during the draft because they now have this competition. Remember it's now it was student and the master. Now it's like peers. And it's so funny because on Twitter you go back and forth and the first thing you look for is the comments like oh shown has got you first oh Woj's got you first and they burn each other as far as on the Twitter it's just so
1: like they they're both on like draft shows too like I, I don't really know how they do it yeah how they can text well, and also... obviously like their sources and every like they know every agent and uh yeah automatically like just getting uh notifications like they're getting notifications like Bit by bit by bit, but yeah, it's uh, it's unreal, and uh it just the like them. I don't know. I, I wonder how many like followers Shams has now because he used to be quite a few. Lo- yeah, he's almost hitting a million. Yeah. So yeah, I'm wondering how many of the draft has gotten him. But uh yeah, if, if you're not following, if you're not following Trump's charania I don't know what you're doing with your life if you're not following Adrian Wierzorowski and you follow basketball. I don't know what you're doing with your life. They break all of the news and uh, they're trusted sources because they have trusted sources. So, well, yeah. <laughs>
2: well, let's go, Let's before we hit the draft, let's go talk about some of the players that were involved in trades or incidents today, I should say, because right as soon as you and I went off the air, Mikey, Golden State heard some really bad news. And Jason, yeah. I'll start with you this first. Clay Thompson, I guess in a workout, suffered a lower right leg injury I still don't have any. I mean, Shams was the guy that dropped this on us, so yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on that. I heard Achilles, that, that's
1: why I heard the latest Achilles. Oh. Yeah,
3: yeah, it went not disclosed, which usually kind of means it's bad. <laughs>
4: yeah,
3: you know, it's, it's like something like you know, a few. So yeah, that's that's rough. right, because again, Clay. You know, had to sit out last year. Just an exciting player to you know to watch. Like Steph and Clay together. You know, it's just not the same without the Splash Brothers. When it's just one or in this.
2: Mikey, do you have any thoughts on
3: it?
1: Oh, it's just such a bummer. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I couldn't really believe it. Um, you know, you immediately, since it happened right before the draft, you wondered if it affected the way they picked. I think they were just really high on James Wiseman. But, um, yeah, like, you wanted to see them back and, you know, in full force. And the fact that uh, Clay Thompson isn't, like, possibly might miss another season is uh, devastating.
2: Do you think, uh, guys? Do you think if Anthony Edwards had fallen to number two, and knowing what they knew, kinda like around then, you think that Golden State might have been able to pick him up, or do you think they would have been inclined to pick him up, Jason? Or do you think they were just were set on getting? Uh, I mean, obviously, they
3: still have you know, the course kind of set because obviously Anthony Edwards, Lamelo, like a little bit different, but again, they, they could have taken Lamelo at two as well. Yeah. You know, if they were to for someone else to fill the backcourt. So, he, he yeah, you could have played off
2: the ball. That's a good, yeah, yeah. we've we talked get, about that before. About it as well. Yeah, I mean, we could have t- just off the ball. It could have been worked out as far as, we talked about that before, as LaMelo Ball playing, uh, you know, as far as on the point. But it looks like they were really set on on having the big man there. Mikey, I want to ask you this. Something that happened in the middle of the first round, Landry Shamit, going for pick number 19, which is Sadiq Bay. That was very interesting to see. I want to hear your thoughts on if you were the Clippers, was Sadiq Bey worth giving up someone like Landry Shamet, who is a really good shooter?
1: The Clippers actually got uh, Luke Kennard. Oh, okay, so, uh, okay. So they yeah. traded so Luke on to Kennard. Yeah, yeah. So it was a three-way trade. The, the Clippers get Luke Kennard. They give up Landry Shamet, who's a great shooter as well. The, the thing with Luke Kennard is that he is actually like I think um, set to. Um, I guess, be up for an extension. And I I guess, you know, Shamit going into his third year as well. But yeah, maybe they were just a a little bit higher on on Luke Kennard. Um, Are you? I'm not. um, I don't know. Like, I I think it's um, hard to say. I don't know. Kennard is, well, Kennard can maybe do a little bit more as a passer. Um, And is a really good shooter in his own right. So yeah, I, I, the thing with Detroit that like just, I, I didn't get their, so I, I like the Killian Hayes pick. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, I don't get Stewart at sixteen,
2: <laughs>
1: and I, I used to be a big Isaiah Stewart guy, but I like I I think there are just a lot of issues uh, for him moving to the NBA. And then Sadiq Bay also like there there are three players who are really good, but all of them I think you you look at and just wonder about. NBA athleticism and uh, almost like it just seems like Detroit is kind of like going back in time with uh, their, their three picks. So, yeah, I'm just not sure how that all fits together. And that if that really gave them the influx of talent uh, or like upside that um, you were kind of looking for going into this draft.
2: It's amazing to see, though, the kind of things, because like I said, you know, it changed. Yeah, you look like he was headed for just for the Clippers, and it turns into a three-way. To, like you said, Luke Kennard, it's hard to keep up because as you as you and I talked about, the first ten picks, nobody seemed to want to go ahead and trade up or trade, you know, and everybody was trying to trade down, but nobody was falling for it. But once that that lottery happened, once the fourteen picks are out there, man, Jason, I'll tell you what, it all went just all over the place. I mean, there's still. People are still trying to f- recover and figure out where everybody is going because there was trade after trade after trade of draft pick after draft pick, and it just seemed like it was going all over the place.
3: No, definitely a lot of obviously like on like, years past too. It's like we're drafting on behalf of yeah. the team, so you know the guys have all those hats to to kind of kind of choose choose from there. But yeah, I think like I kind of you know so far like a lot of the trades. I mean, especially obviously as a Blazer fan, I, I love that the Blazers. You know took Isaiah Stewart at 16 and don't have to have him on their team and <laughs> you can get Robert Covington in that so you know I think it's just yeah it's just a lot of a lot of movements just going to keep happening especially in the short and off season too like you really kind of have to make moves quicker you don't have you know a couple couple months you don't have summer league you know that's those kind of things so you kind of need to you know move the wheels a little quickly
2: well it looks like I'm going to have a lot of Blazers fans because when Raphael comes on he's still working right now on the uh New York Knicks draft show but he's going to be coming on here in a bit. Plus, we're going to have Stone Hanson from DraftSite.com. But I'm going to go ahead and start again to the top of the draft. And we'll start with, like I said, Anthony Edwards. Uh, you and I, Mikey, talked about how Anthony Edwards, I was trying to get you to sell me on how he was going to be a, as a player and not avoid those Andrew Wiggins comparisons. Because to me, I still, it, it screams Andrew Wiggins maybe a 20 point score on a bad team things of that nature but something like i don't know i can he be a fit that an integral piece to a playoff team i'm just cuz it's so, it's just still for me it just ah just something's not quite there when anthony works yeah. there's work to be done but
1: you know first off andrew wiggins came in before carl anthony towns and as we've seen carl anthony towns has progressed into this one of the best centers in the nba um, you have a guy like Angela Russell, who you kind of wonder some of the same things about. And like, you know, he was, I, I think the best player on a, a Brooklyn team that was like the eight seed and uh mid and all-star team. But yeah, like Anthony Edwards, he, he, like toolsy guy. And I, I think in a draft where you're kind of wondering about all of these unknown variables is a guy that's going to come in there and be like a scoring threat. So I like I understood the rationale behind Minnesota making the pick, but I I have some of the same concerns that you do as well. Um, yeah, just to go over like the last few picks in the draft though. Um, so we we had Yamadar go to Boston. We have uh, Nico Mannion to Golden State. Isaiah Joe to the Philadelphia 76ers, and Skylar Mays to
2: the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, it I tell you what... Nico oh, Mannion Jeff, Jeff up to uh, Golden State at 51. Yeah, because Nico Mannion might be uh, someone at this late in the draft, might be a good player to go ahead and start really looking at focusing in on that could make a make a make a good dent in the league. I think I think that was a pretty good pick that late in the draft. But yeah, when it, I heard that they had liked him. So, yeah, yeah.
1: It's not too surprising.
2: But I'll tell you what, it's been very interesting to see so far all the different changes and all these, these place people go these players going into different places. I wanna ask you this, Jason, when it comes to round one, first off, where did you see it start to go awry? I I know comments were made starting around pick number four, it started to oh. go awry. I know Mikey and I had talked about Patrick Williams, the Hot rumor him going as high as number four to Chicago. I know a lot of people didn't want to believe it, but Jason, it looks like it did happen.
3: Yeah, I think for for, for Vizeland, based on our last mock, which was a couple of days before, yeah. Like I think number four was definitely where it started. God, if I knew Patrick Williams was coming up the boards, it's just again, I thought like a you know, Denny Dija kind of completes the roster there, you know, with a, with that kind of shooting touch. Maybe Isaac Akoro. I don't know. There's a lot of like interesting little things in that Killian Hayes was falling down, but then it still ends up with Detroit. So Obi Toppin, I think we had Obi Toppin 5 in our, our final mock. We were kind of looking at that Cleveland spot. So yeah, like, like I think again, this was the kind of draft where there's a lot of players that are kind of in the same tier of like nobody's at that like can't miss. All like in really... a group. All like in a group. Yeah, and you're... yeah like, I think there's a lot of good players, but I don't think, yeah, like there's no one right now that you can look at and say like, oh, this guy stands out above and beyond so yeah it kind of kind of proved itself like a lot of you know players within that kind of same same tier do yeah. you
2: see mikey as we talked about on the on the uh preview show that uh, actually it, you know what patrick williams could he be the biggest reach could he be the biggest boom or buzz player at that early portion of the draft because i think he will be i i like the kid i think he's going to be a pretty good player in the league but again, as so young, needs a lot to develop. He didn't even start on his own Florida State team. I want to hear your thoughts, Mikey. Could he, I mean, he's going to be perceived just because of his age and his experience at that point in time. But I think he's going to end up being the biggest boom or bust type player at that point of the draft.
1: I'm not so sure about that. I, I kind of think, like, I, I probably wouldn't have him that high, but I see the rationale behind that as well. And I, I think, you know, you like the physical tools and then just some of the things that he showed, I I know he didn't start on Florida state, but he was clearly one of the more valuable players on Florida state and probably the second most valuable, like, I don't know, maybe have like senior, like Trent Forrest or something like that. And of course, Devin Vassell, but yeah, you, you see the physical tools from Patrick Williams. He's a great weak side room protector. Um, He has... Like the strength already, the youth on his side um, showed some passing ability also and like some handling ability out of the pick and roll. Um, so, yeah, like just that skill set and the fact that he could be, you know, kind of like the combo forward um, can play up at the four and then possibly uh, have some perimeter skills to offer as well and some switchability on defense. So, yeah, like I, I, I see where they're going there. And um, when when you aren't like really sure about all of these other options, he's even like he didn't shoot particularly well at Florida State. Like he was, I think, like thirty two percent, but like eighty something percent from the free throw line as well. Yeah. So yeah, like there there's some potential there. I, I felt like the biggest reach um, was probably uh, Jalen Smith at ten. Uh, obviously that that's going down to ten. Let's talk about something else though. Of course, the really amazing thing. Not a
2: trade in the lottery. That's what that's what we were talking about earlier. I, yeah. I I just had a feeling, my friend, when I spoke with you at the preview that all these teams want to trade down. Yeah. Nobody really wants to give a whole lot of assets to trade up. Nobody really wanted to trade up,
1: for sure. So yeah, there there wasn't a single trade in the lottery. Like uh, I guess um, the first trade would have been that 16th pick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it was it was I, for. As much as people saw all of these teams that wanted to trade down in this draft. Yeah. Like, I think, uh, it kind of, like you were saying earlier, like it shows kind of the, the value, uh, that the NBA perceives these players have, which is not that much. And, and, and I guess the, the trades just probably weren't enough to, um, take that risk and, and trading back. So yeah, it, like it could, obviously even that could go either way. Um, But yeah, I, I feel like, um, it's, it's still been eventful just by like the picks themselves. Yeah. And, uh, as much as you you like to see the, these big trades, but yeah, there, there have been a ton and as always, there are tons in the second round. And I'm sure that I'm a a little behind on, uh, my, my draft board here, uh, that I've been just keeping to myself,
2: but, um, it's very, it's like checkers. It's going all over the place yeah I i'm just,
1: I'm just that's trying to. Why I'm st- i mean i
2: see jason turning his head i'm turning my head we're all looking
3: yeah. at the i've got my <laughs> command central right here so yeah, that something, something pops off i mean it's like
1: but let, yeah that's it's not the martin part. jr to the houston rockets
2: <laughs> yeah i want to ask and you this then, oh go ahead mike finish up
1: oh and uh cassius winston to um oklahoma city select him train him to washington
2: clover city tracking me up i want mikey i want you to think on real quick um when we were talking i wanted to think on on the bogdanovich deal for a sec but i want to go ahead and hit jason with this joke we're talking who will draft more or who will have more um uh players on the roster will new york have more power forwards on their roster or will new orleans draft or have more point guards on their roster
3: I don't know. I feel like Oklahoma City is actually doing pretty well, getting some point guards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're they're just collecting all these yeah, assets. Yeah, yeah it's an, it's always an interesting situation. I mean, I, I like like multi point guard looks sometimes, and then, like Shea obviously is a bigger point guard, so sometimes you can pair him with somebody else. But yeah, it was um the Knicks are always an interesting one on spacing and really just kind of having a balanced roster. I think that's kind of just a you know. Problem of, of <laughs> history, like of, of recent of recent years. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, nothing beats Minnesota all those years ago with the David Kahn draft of, you know, Rubio Flynn. It was the third point guard. did they take three point cards that year of 2009?
2: They did high, but they trained him. Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah. The but, fact that they won and, you know, they, they put the hat on him.
2: And they still didn't pick the right
3: point guard. But oh, we yeah. no, no, they did they not. not Wiseman today because the last time that, that Golden State picked after Minnesota is when they took
2: Steph curry It's just so funny because and then seth curry got traded today as well yes so there you go he got traded along with josh um josh richardson and a yeah. second round pick went to dallas for seth curry i believe that was the deal as of now anyways who knows what's going to be here when it gets finalized but uh you know seth curry is 43 percent shooter, so that's definitely from the outside he, there are a few better than he is I want to ask you this, though, Mikey, under the radar during all this flurry of action, all this flurry of news was the news by Shams dropping another bomb. was that Bogdanovich from Sacramento, who we thought was already on his way to Milwaukee, said, uh, 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 apparently not. He's actually going to go ahead into restricted free agency. So that means he's looking for a bomb type deal to go ahead and really balance out to the point where he might be trying to price Sacramento out of it. It basically was come down to if Milwaukee wants to get still that trade, that sign-in trade, they're really going to have to up the ante. So uh, my kudos is to Bogdanovich's agent, who actually probably coordinating all this, saying, well, wait a second. Didn't you bother to ask us? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Well, yeah, that that was big. And I I remember people even saying, like, because free agency hasn't started yet, so they were just kind of wondering how that would work. Um, so yeah, I, I understood the the skepticism right off the bat, but it, it it just on paper it looked like a pretty good like Sacramento gets a pretty good haul. Dante DiVincenzo was a pretty nice player for yeah. Milwaukee last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that it it seemed like legit, and then you know the guys who were reporting it seemed yeah. very legit. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it just wasn't finalized, and uh, they still, um, I, well, they either the, the thing Bogdan is going to do is he's going to look for sign and trade options. So that that's like another thing that he's he's going to do. So I wouldn't say like Milwaukee's completely off the table, but I, I think he could possibly be looking for maybe like better deals. And yeah, like you know why not uh, see what's out there and and see what you like uh, just for yourself. As much as it like on paper, that team looked pretty nice because uh, you know you you have a shooter like Bogdan there, and, and he's not just a shooter; like he can do a little bit more than that. He he's yeah. like a legit good player, yeah. and um, yeah, I, it just seemed like it fit really well with Milwaukee. Uh, but yeah, if he's uh, into something else or into getting more money, I I completely understand that. Jason, uh,
2: Jason,
3: I'll go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, just you can't you can't fall. I mean, I think he commands some value and like, yeah, restricted agency is probably the best option for him to try to, yeah, like go somewhere better out of out of Sacramento and maybe just to, to a situation that he likes. I mean, obviously there's something there, maybe he didn't want uh, to be in Milwaukee.
2: One yeah. of the things that we talk, uh that you mentioned real briefly, Mikey, and I'm gonna send this to Jason, is at number ten, Jalen Smith going to Phoenix, uh shoring yeah. up what they think is possibly some needs in the backcourt, uh, excuse me, the frontcourt. And I wanted to ask you this because they now have Chris Paul in place trying to go ahead and, and make a playoff push. Do you think it was a big time reach? Because Jalen Smith, I think the probably the highest I had seen him on any projections was about 13, 14. And uh, I think that's probably yeah. the highest. I think it's a little bit high for him. Were you in the same manner as uh, as Mikey?
3: You know, like we again, we had them a little lower on on our our mock, but again, like I feel this draft was so lumped together that you know, like looking back on it, it doesn't super super surprise that a lot of these guys are kind of you know just can move up or down a, a few picks because I think for Phoenix, yeah, like they, they kind of have their backcourt locked. You got you got Aitons your center. You just maybe need someone else, you know, to kind of help out in the post as well.
2: Yeah. So, and plus, he can, hit, he, can stretch, he can stretch it, though, uh, hopefully out to the three-point line for Phoenix. Mikey?
1: That's obviously what they're hoping. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was definitely high. And um, I, I really, the guy that I was thinking there, there, there were a couple guys who I would have looked at, like, just personally. Um, Halliburton was a popular one, but the two guys that I, I kind of liked for Phoenix were uh, Kyra Lewis Jr., and Devin Vassell. And uh I was just a little surprised that they left those guys on the board um and went with Jalen Smith. Uh yeah, I'm just trying to look at their roster for next year. And uh yeah, okay. So Aaron Baines is a free agent. Yes. You assume that since I, I believe they have Dario Sharich's bird rights, so I I think he's probably going to sign back with them. But um yeah, like I I know that the I guess the the kind of vision for Jalen Smith is that he's a power forward. I'm just not sure about playing him next to Deandre Aiden and if he is an actual power forward just because of his uh lateral quickness yeah but they, they the guy who did a pretty good job like playing next to DeAndre Hayden last year at least in the playoffs was uh cam Johnson or not playoffs in in the bubble yeah, um, yeah. cam Johnson um so yeah like i the i I think the starting lineup they're they're probably putting out there you have uh obviously chris paul Devin booker Mikel bridges um cam johnson and deandre hayden and then the it's just a little surprising because the the rest of the depth there i i would have thought would be more towards like a guard or a wing but yeah
2: they uh obviously phoenix likes their guys and uh jalen smith was their guy it seems to be and it just uh going to be very interesting what phoenix is going to bring to the table i i still see them as a very much a wild card in this situation as far as getting to the playoffs is concerned they could be as high as three or four and they could be as even out of the playoffs you know to me as far as that's concerned because they're really a hard one to figure out but i know they're making a major playoff push and i'm looking forward to
4: seeing what they have to offer this is Raphael from nbadraftjunkies.com and you are listening to the lakers fast break
2: Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's our NBA draft recap. I'm here with the Weisenbergs. They've shown up early and uh, just greatly appreciate it. You got to catch everything that they do at Viceland, B-I-S-E-L-A-N-D, wherever you get your podcasts and also on their YouTube channel. They do a lot of great features they talk about a lot of great subjects regarding the nba and basketball as a whole so please go ahead and catch everything that you're doing at viceland we're still expecting stone hansen and also as well my good friend rafael barlow from nba draft junkies also come on board guys i know it's been a wild and wooly back half of the first round so it's really hard to figure out exactly who is done well and who's who's not there were some reaches like we talked about with peyton pritchard being a mostly thought of as a second round draft pick moving up into the first round as far as her bots Boston they ultimately had to end up keeping all their picks they weren't able to package it really as far as it, it maybe go ahead like we saw some others like Oklahoma City were packaging up do you still think a player like Peyton Pritchard can go ahead and make an imprint on the Boston Celtics
3: I, th- I think, like, I mean, I, I know they, they've been rumored to be, you know, trying to shop Kemba as well, but I think <laughs> I g I I'm mean, not that I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah, I think, again, like, you're always an injury away from being able to, you know, come in, come in there. And I think, like, again, Boston in the in the playoffs might need, you know, that point guard if, if something happens to, you know, Kemba or Marcus Smart. So, I mean, and I just think Peyton's a great competitor, but I'm obviously, I've watched him a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, I kind of, you know, I've drank a lot of Kool-Aid on it, but you know, 26, I don't think is that much of a, of an insane reach. Cause again, I don't think you're leaving that much left on the, on the board. Plus they picked four picks later. So, yeah. You know, So like They they kind of had two chances to get, you know, people that they, they want to bring into the roster.
1: Well, there was a. Memphis, they traded 30 uh, to Memphis. Oh, w- yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. They traded to Memphis cause Memphis. I, I was. Memphis. this draft. Yeah. They,
1: they, they did a great job. Like. Two of the favorite well I think I think the two highest rated seniors amongst draft Twitter people uh, were Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman both of whom were fantastic college players Desmond Bain may be the best shooter in this draft really good passer for a shooting guard um, and so he he looks like he could come in and right away and, and play some minutes and then Xavier Tillman as I was saying like uh, I, I Took him to the Raptors at 29 in our mock draft, Gerald. Um, he's been one of the best players in college basketball the last couple of years. Uh, incredibly strong, great passer and feel for the game. And um, just will give you uh, a lot of great minutes on defense as well. And playing him next to a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, yes. first off, another Michigan State guy. Like, the communication there is going to be fantastic.
2: <laughs> Always the uh, the great rub. I wanted to remark that, only in the n b a draft can you have a cassius drafted right after a cassius, so uh the double cassius right there for yeah. you yeah. yes, yeah,
1: so you had uh Winston to Washington, Stanley to Indiana it's yes. so yes. finally off the board yeah. yeah a lot lower than people were expecting for sure
2: yeah, very interesting so far to see. I want to ask you this on the actually first round, getting back to the first round, the middle picks right there between 10 and 20. We talked about the very interesting pick for Phoenix and Jalen Smith. Was there anything else that stuck out to you? Because I think the, maybe Sadiq Bay falling a little bit uh, was probably one thing that kind of surprised me. Cause I thought he was actually rising up, not in my, uh, not my personal favorite per se, but I thought he was going to be somewhere around 13, 14, but he dropped only a little bit. Pokushevsky is someone who I picked right around there. And I, I heard rumors that, like you did Mike, And as far as dropping it, that Oklahoma city was really interested in it. And uh, I'll say this, I'll go with you, Mikey on it. Pokushevsky, I think if you just put some weight on him, Oh, I think Oklahoma city is going to be really, or actually Minnesota, Minnesota is going to be really, really, really satisfied with what they got in Pokushevsky.
4: Totally, I think I think
3: like the skill set is definitely there. It's just a, a matter of you know, yeah, is can he put on that bulk to be able to maintain the NBA schedule to maintain that physicality? Because again, yeah. you are a seven foot player, you're going to need to you know at some point match up with someone who's strong. It's just you, you can't you know be like a seven foot you know shooting guard. That just you know isn't the way every matchups going to work for you.
2: I I see him as having again. I was telling Mikey this, and you and you heard it on the NBA preview show. I've been, touting him for months i think he has top 10 talent he just has the thinnest rail body and as i said he's like the captain america movie you know like the character said and when they're that guy has to have a sandwich get that guy a sandwich i'm telling you get that guy more than one sandwich send him to las vegas and well actually the buffets are closed so you can't really do that yeah, right now but here. yes but mike yeah. i wanted to ask you this speaking of right there in the teens Was there anything that really stuck out to you in the teens of the first round? Isaiah Stewart, I know, is creating a lot of conversation on that. I know you briefly mentioned him earlier. You got a chance to take a look at Isaiah Stewart play in Washington quite a bit. Your thoughts on him going a little bit higher than expected at number 16.
1: Isaiah Stewart is a guy who, every time I've seen him, he has production. But you just kind of wonder about the translation to the NBA. And then also this year at Washington, they were just like losing tons of basketball games. And the other thing with him is he's not the quickest processor on either side of the floor. And then um, the the leaping ability is a concern. Like it's legitimately a concern. He um, just has a hard time getting off the floor. Yeah, it's a and- below, below the player yeah a very below the room guy he um is expected to shoot hasn't really shot that much um yeah you you just kind of wonder so like it, and you know he's he i think part of it was how post heavy he was at washington, so maybe teams see that and like think like oh that's not what he's going to be, but it was just kind of too bad that he kind of had to be that um he but he showed some shooting flashes i'm i was just really surprised that detroit's uh, decided to go that way at 16 and um i i think that they could have gotten him lower um I, the rumor was that the nba people were always like a lot higher than uh on isaiah stewart than the draft twitter people and that turned out to be true yeah
2: they did turn out to oh,
1: be and, true uh, as far as he is going to oklahoma city
2: yes oh, yeah. yes yeah. yeah like i said oklahoma city really had oh he is oh yeah from minnesota to oklahoma city yeah okay so there you go again Ping, 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 all over the place. These guys are in the back half of the first round. They're going all over the place. So ultimately, it was Oklahoma City getting – I thought it was Minnesota. I could have sworn it was Minnesota, but if you say Oklahoma City –
1: The Rubio trade.
2: Yeah, the Rubio trade. That's right, because Rubio and some picks. So he does end up going to Oklahoma City. And you and I have spoken about Pokashevsky being a favorite of Oklahoma City. So with all the draft picks that they're having – up until 2026 uh, uh, over se- at 1.17 first round draft picks to 2026. And it's just mind boggling that they're having. They're now going to be able to start reaping uh, some of the rewards of those first round picks. And we're hopefully we'll see that with Pokushevsky. I think that's a great pickup for Oklahoma city. I look forward to seeing him develop there, but I wanted to ask you this, uh, Jason, I wanted to ask you Cole Anthony, who had been at this time last year one of the most favored individuals in the draft, one of the top picks. Uh, people thinking that he might go as high as number one at one time before he you know stepped on the floor at North Carolina. Did not have the kind of season at North Carolina I think a lot of people were expecting, and he dropped all the way down. And I know Mikey and I talked about. It. I think we drafted him somewhere in the mid twenties. I think as far as in our final mock draft earlier today, but he ro- he rose up to uh, i think orlando at number 15 so i want to hear your thoughts on cole anthony going to orlando at number
3: 15 yeah again like whenever i, I see someone who was who was at a point you know super high in the draft is like obviously there, there's something there yeah you know there was good reasoning for it so I, yeah, i think he, you know legacy legacy into the nba and i think he's going to come in and work i think he's a great scorer and i think that's what's going to you know get him on the court so maybe you know he finds that off the bench scoring role you know a little bit at first but yeah i think he was he was all over the boards but again you know maybe hopefully in workouts i mean he was proving what he had kind of laid out earlier you know in high school aau because i i think yeah it's it's a i think it's a good still good value at 15 like i don't think that's a bad pick it's just like you mean being more of a team player not being sloppy i think those are all things like hopefully you can correct in the nba well, you know, probably spending some time in the G League and just kind of learning how to be a better team player. But I think the scoring is what's going to get him onto the court
2: immediately. Or Fultz, if Fultz, if that experiment does not work out, you could see Cole Anthony move into the starting lineup and become the starting point guard for Orlando. That's not out of the realm of possibility there. But the individual that many people like myself had Orlando going for was R.J. Hampton. I know I'm going to be speaking to Raphael about this because he got a chance to see RJ Hampton in workouts up close and personal and actually uh, had a chance to shoot a lot of video of him in workouts. I want to ask you this, Mikey. RJ dropped a lot. He dropped into the mid 20s uh, hmm. and actually going to uh, number 24. So I want to hear your thoughts on why RJ Hampton dropped on everybody's, well, at least the NBA's list and going all the way down to number 24.
1: Cole Anthony, you project as a good shooter. And RJ Hampton, I, I would say there's still some work to be done on that, uh, as far as that area of his game is concerned. I know in uh in workouts his shot looked a lot better, but yeah, like there, there's still some concern there. Um he also, you know, had wasn't the best decision maker. Um he he's like the thing that he has over Cole Anthony is like burst and athleticism. I, I I think Cole Anthony, when he has a running start, is a pretty good athlete, but like just from um yeah, he, he's not incredible at gaining off the floor. Um RJ is quite good at gain off the floor and quite good just in, in terms of uh putting a, a guy on his hip. But he also had some finishing issues too that Cole Anthony had as well. Um so yeah, I, I just, I feel like Cole Anthony was a more proven scorer, um, more bankable as a, a shooting prospect. RJ has the, the physical tools on Cole and the athleticism, but I I, I like the Orlando Cole Anthony pick. And I, I think that um, Cole Anthony and Marco Fultz can play together. Like I, Marco Fultz having the ability of a point guard, but not being able to shoot. Like I, I think you have a guy like Cole Anthony playing next to him. That's a, that's a pretty good look because I I think the one thing that you can really bank on with Cole Anthony is the
2: pull-up shooting and the spot-up shooting. It's so funny because I'm seeing Sham saying that Victor Oladipo on Twitter was welcoming, welcoming Cashus Stanley to Indiana Indiana. He might not even be there come the beginning of the season in Indiana, but it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny that is I wanted to ask you this, Jason, and Stone, ah, he's here, the legend himself, Stone Hanson from DraftSite.com. Welcome. Hey.
0: hey, how's it going?
2: All What's right. Up, well, I'll get to you in a sec, Stone. I wanted to ask Jason real quick. Uh, Emmanuel, quickly, uh, when I made my mock draft in 1.0 and 2.0, I was really seriously considering him sneaking him into the first round, but kind of got talked out of it at that point in time. I saw because I, I, I fell in love with the shooting. I fell in love with the stroke. It's obviously is one of the best shooters in the draft, but he never really seemed to click as someone that people were interested in as far as the analysts are concerned as being in the first round. But lo and behold, he was a surprise going at number 25. Uh, so I want to hear your thoughts, Jason, on Emmanuel quickly and why he rose up so high on tonight's draft.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, leave it to the Knicks to, you know, obviously make a, make you know, bring someone into the first round that not a lot of people are. But then again, I think uh, Calipari talked about it a little bit after. I mean, he really, I think Kentucky really grooms players for the league. I I think that's the the style that, you know, Calipari coaches at. So, I mean, I think the Knicks, again, they're always an open, they're always a fairly open book for anyone that wants to come in and, and give it a shot.
2: There you go. And actually,
3: the man himself.
2: Finish with What's New up? York, New York. Coming right here to Las Vegas with us, right here. It is Rafael Barlow. Stone, Stone Hansen from draftsite.com and Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies joining us. Stone, I want to hit you up first, my friend. I want to ask you this your thoughts on Anthony Edwards going number one?
0: I do not like it at all.
2: <laughs> Tell us how um, you really feel.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was much lower on Edwards than I think a lot of people in terms of uh, just his, his passion for the game. I think that came out in the last 24 hours or so. Um, I think his defense is a a huge problem um, for many people. He, he saw Georgia many times this year that he would, uh, you know, play isolation ball, get his point and then stroll back to the other other end of the court and not really care a whole lot on defense. Um, so I think there's a lot of concerns surrounding him, um, especially in Minnesota, where there are also questions around their other young guys there in terms of, you know, how much of a motor do they have. So um, I'm not sure I entirely am a big fan of this fit. Um, I know they tried to move it according to all accounts, um, and that probably would have been the best move for them. But uh, I probably would have taken ball there if I was, if I was Minnesota.
4: So funny Didn't they So Jaden McDaniels too?
0: <laughs> they did take Made in Macanos. Another guy I'm a lot lower on. <laughs>
4: now talk about slinging for the fences. This is boomer bust. Yeah, I've seen that a lot yeah, here, absolutely. and we've talked
2: about that already. As far as a lot of boomer bust going on, Raphael, my friend, I wanted to ask you. So, Anthony Edwards, your thoughts on the top three? I mean, Stone has I think all, most of us here are are in agreement that we that if we were choosing for number one, we'd have would have, would have chosen Lamelo. I think he would have been the better choice. I think for that. I know you might have been a little bit different on that, but your thoughts on Anthony Edwards going number one, and then obviously uh, Wiseman going at number two, and then, of course, followed up by LaMelo Ball. BBB going to Mr. Nike in Charlotte.
4: That gets the one-on-one game now. Like, yeah. yeah, <laughs> Mike, Mike has to say, check up as soon as LaVar comes. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, uh, on my mock draft 2.0, I had Edwards going to the Wolves, then I switched it up to LaMelo, I thought. Um, LaMelo would go there. I did hear rumors from a player that's in the draft that he heard through his agent that they were trying to work out a deal where it was Shea Alexander and some picks for number one. It was OKC. wanted LaMelo from a business standpoint because their fans have been spoiled. They've had Durant. They've had Westbrook. They've had a marquee name, and now they're a small market. And there looks like it's going to be a long rebuild without a marquee name. So unless... Shay Alexander's gonna sell a lot of tickets there, or the fans are locked in for a while. It may be a struggle with, with, with the Thunder. So um but think, man. Well, they had there's two guys that I felt like the Thunder should have selected and um and they got him. I, I think if it's Pokushevsky and um or someone else. I, I mean, so many trades going on. I can't remember yes. who stayed where but i think edwards is the better Absolutely. fit what's that i i i have a pretty up-to-date
1: stuff if you're okay yeah. who's who the thunders Who are their picks so the ones that i have for the thunder i have poku and um tail maladon okay and but i thought you to uh, philly. No, no, uh, philly actually traded him to oklahoma city okay. and then uh vic
4: kreitchy yeah. Okay. That was that was a guy. Cause, Cause Yeah, I, he's not going yeah, to play.
0: Is good value too.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um. But no, I I thought Edwards was the best fit. He's a better fit with the Wolves. But I just think like him and Jaden McDaniels are two guys that I felt like were just off of pure talent. At least two of the top five. They both had question marks. McDaniels has more question marks, but i don't know i mean i guess it's minnesota I, i'd much rather have those two guys in minnesota than a city like los angeles or atlanta or miami so maybe by they're not having a lot of stuff to do there they'll be able to focus on basketball but i just see those two guys as guys you put a lot of money in their pockets the question marks that you have about them become intensified oh that they do my friend indeed I want to ask you
2: this, uh, Jason and Mikey, we're, we went over as far as in the top 10, uh, some of the interesting choices that were there. Were the, was there anything, Stone, that you saw in the top 10? And I'll get to the Vicelands guys next here ne- after that. Uh, Stone, I want to ask you, is, is there anything interesting in the top 10 as far as from an eye-opening standpoint? They're like, ooh, I didn't expect that to happen.
0: Uh, I think there were, there's a couple things. Uh, obviously the big one, I think is Jalen Smith. Um, I think he was a late riser that a lot of people knew he was going to go somewhere in the teens. Uh, I wasn't expecting all the way up to 10, but we saw what Phoenix did with Kim Johnson last year. Uh, so it's not too much of a shock that they kind of went off the board with that. I uh, am not really sure how I like the fit with Aiton in terms of value. I think it's uh, way too high for him. Um, and then Denny Avdia falling that far or Avdia. I, I never know how to pronounce it. <laughs> you would think I know by now. I think um, you fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that late uh, at number nine is great value for him, um, especially not, next to Hachimura, who um, I'm not too high on. I think um, Denny covers a lot of his defensive, defensive lapses. Um, they, they're very switchable guys at three and four. Um, even though I'm not too high on Hachimura, I think um, that they do fit well together.
2: We'll see how that plays out. Very interesting. And Rafi, oh, it's actually, I wanted to go ahead with the Weissenbergs first. Uh, Jason, wanted to ask you this real quick. Uh, when it comes to what, I mean, you said it first. You, you're actually almost a carbon copy, You both you and Mikey, to what Stone just said about Jalen Smith at number 10. I want to ask you this. Right before that, we had a very interesting pick, in my opinion, was Obi Toppin to the Knicks. Do you think that was more marketing standpoint, or do you think that's the man that they wanted all along? I mean, they're saying that there was the man that they wanted along, but when you have a team filled with power forwards, is that really the best choice?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you have Julius Randle, you know, wants wants to get the ball in inside, so I don't know how much balls, you know, is going to be left there necessarily, but I think over talking as far as, you know, scoring perspective, I think so. I don't because again, I still don't think he's like the most exciting. You know, he's not necessarily a jersey ticket ticket mover kind of kind of
1: well, thing. He's, a, he's the athletic dunker, so I think I,
3: we've
2: yeah. Well, well, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. They're going to have to move some of those power forwards up there, and then obviously clear out whatever it is as far as the excess and point guard yeah. and. Yeah, just trying to figure out all this is crazy. We made the joke earlier, who's going to collect more more players? Is it going to be New York collecting more power forwards or New Orleans collecting more point guards? But they trade a, uh, one or two off. So I wanted to ask you this, Mikey, and I'll get back to Rafael next on that, is sure. when it comes to uh, you know, what we're seeing with Killian Hayes, and I know you and I talked about on the preview show how much – we were in tune with Killian Hayes, especially Raphael. Raphael, and you talked about basketball Twitter. You know, it just basically just hyping this guy up. Do you think Detroit in that first 10 picks got the biggest steal? I think they really got a great deal in, in Killian Hayes.
1: I think they got tremendous value there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just think Detroit's a team that just needed talent. And I, I was giving props to guys like uh, like Raph. And, um, you know, just saying how all of these guys were super high on Killian Hayes. The word was that he was going to fall um, to maybe the second half of the lottery, possibly even out of the lottery. But I think Detroit made the right move there. Um, Just to add on to uh, there there are a few things that have been addressed that I just wanted to talk about. Um, First off, with Oklahoma City, I, I just think they're going into like that full rebuild mode. Oh, yeah. I think Shea is already just a really good piece in itself, and like yeah. I, I'm, I just it. I saw that you had mentioned that Raphael, and like I, I just thought that that was maybe like too much to give up for Lamelo, even with selling jerseys and everything like that, because they're in such a good position to add guys in the next couple of drafts. If you're going through that rebuilding process, so that that's kind of I'm thinking more thinking towards the future for Oklahoma City, and I think that's what they're doing as well. As far as Obi Toppin. I, it wouldn't have been the guy that I would have taken either, but I think that was the guy that they had liked. It seems like everything with New York seems to be about like agents and like, you know, connections. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the reason Obi was uh, selected by them. But, um, I, they're obviously going to do something with that front court. like it, it, people are getting shipped out. They have to New, New going through, through the rebuild. And then um like Julius is on the last year of his deal, but like they signed all those guys to short term deals. so I, I I think they're going to do a lot of like reconstruction on that roster. and uh, i I have a feeling Obi's is going to get a chance to to play right away. Um, just with all the moves that New York, I, I feel, is likely to make. You can't have yeah.
2: seven odd-fitting power forwards, seven odd-fitting point guards, and Mitchell Robinson saying, "What's going on
4: here?" So that's kind
1: of. To play him at small forward—that's a <laughs> giant
2: mistake.
4: Um, well, Julius has been playing point guard in all the pickup oh. games here in Dallas. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but
1: isn't that what Julius usually does.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. But Raphael, you did enlighten a lot of them, right? Like, you know, that
1: was, that was his thing.
2: There you go. Yeah. There, there you go. Great, great analogy right there for you. But you had really enlightened me and a lot of others to uh, Killian Hayes and you deserve a lot of props for that. Uh, was there anything that really stuck out to you within those first 10 picks or maybe even the lottery as a whole? I mean, we talked about Jalen Smith being a little bit of a reach. We also talked before about Patrick Williams and he was fast riser. I know for me, originally, he was like in that 7-8 range. He did go a little bit higher, ultimately, than what we expected, even though today on the previous show, I picked him fourth. I think that was only because I heard that much buzz. Is he going to be a reach? We're not sure. But your thoughts on the lottery picks, uh, was there anything that really stood out to you? Yeah, Patrick
4: Williams stood out to me. Uh, but there are a couple guys who so you kept reading the rumors about that they're rising and one was true, one was false. The Patrick Williams one, I did not believe it at all, and I was totally wrong on that. I think he's Marvin Williams.
1: <laughs> oh
4: damn! <laughs> Marvin Williams, that, bench no, no, right? the Williams family. <laughs> yeah, and Marvin Williams could have played twenty years if he wanted to as a rotation. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Just yeah, and,
0: uh, Marvin Williams is not a slight at all, in my opinion.
4: Yeah. yeah. But and Marvin Williams was number two. I guess the yeah. fact that he was taking over Chris Paul and Darren Williams is what people will remember him for. Yeah. But uh yeah, Patrick Williams at number four was high for me. Um, but I did not believe the rumors of Halliburton. You know, remember they were saying, Oh, he might go top two or top three, then you saw the Warriors loved Abdia. Um I think um Halliburton end up in a good situation. I think if he would went to like Detroit or New York, his flaws would have been exposed. But you put him in Sacramento where he can play. You know, he can be their backup point guard, but he can also play with Fox. I think that's a good situation for him. Topping, I knew that was going to happen. That was kind of like the the uh, prediction I had on on my my second mock draft. But I thought that Cleveland was going to take him and bait New York into giving up something because. Everybody knew that New York was going to take them. I mean, Leon Rose's son is, like, his one of his agents. And so, and with the Knicks picks, I mean, they had, they had two picks, Emmanuel Quickly and, and Obi Toppin, Kentucky, CAA. <laughs> they're, they're keeping in the family there. Um, Jalen Smith was a shocker. I, I thought the highest, I thought I had him higher than anybody else, but I had him going to New Orleans just based off of fit. Phoenix very interesting. I mean, I guess they drafted a backup big man <laughs> in the lottery. You think or you don't think he could play with
2: Deandre on the same time?
4: I mean, I I don't think you could close with both of them together. I think that I mean, teams go small in, in late games anyway, so and I think if you play both of them together, they both might want to shoot jump shots as opposed to scoring around the basket, so Stone, I want to ask you this. Cleveland and Atlanta
2: had the most obvious picks, I think, of the 10 uh, in having Okoru uh, going to Cleveland and then Okonwu, uh going to Atlanta. They both – I think we all could go and drive and score on both those teams. That's how bad those defensives are on both those teams, and I think they made a the smart move. They didn't look at, you know, who was falling, who is rising – I think they both were really targeted on what they wanted to do and focus in on the defensive side. And I really think that they did just that.
0: Yeah, I think um just to touch, I'll get to that in just a second as well, but just to touch on a couple other of things course. to back to real quick. I do think Obi Toppin was the next guy all along. Um I think we had heard of rumors that they wanted to move up even to draft him, but uh thankfully they didn't have to do that. And I'm pretty much I'm pretty out on Obi Toppin in terms of uh, you know, being any sort of all-star or anything. Is there any, but, well, uh,
2: let me ask you this. Was there any more body part spoken about more so uh, in the NBA draft than Obi Toppin's hips? I mean, he it came to the point where I'm sure where he's probably looking in the bathroom and it's
0: going like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah. I mean, maybe Jalen Smith's shoulders, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, and then also um, I think uh completely oh yeah the thunder um drafting pokashevsky uh that is a huge uh gamble and a very good one i think for them um someone who they could build around with and uh big they don't really have a lot of power forwards or wings or whatever you want to call them at the moment and i think that's a gamble really uh worth taking for them i don't think Uh,
2: he is not a now let me put it to everybody he is not you know he's going to go ahead and start rolling in 2020 I think someone who you look at is could be a really star player by 2022, 2023. I think he could really stand out. He has to build his body up first. Let's put that in perspective right there.
0: Yeah, for sure. He's going to be a little bit of a project. Um, he's already put on some muscle, but he definitely needs to add a lot more. And then in terms of um, Patrick Williams, uh, the Pistons absolutely made the right pick at number seven with Killian Hayes. But I think they did luck out a little bit because if Patrick Williams hadn't gone that high, I think he would have been their pick. For the Pistons, and Killian Hayes, I think you would have seen that drop that Mikey was talking about. Um, And then in terms of the Cavaliers and the Hawks, I think the Cavaliers um, definitely made the right decision. Uh, Not the decision I thought they were going to go with, but it was definitely the right one. And the Hawks, I'm surprised they did not move their pick. Uh, We had heard a lot of rumors going up into the draft that they were receiving a lot of offers for it. And um, with the big men they currently have, John Collins and Clint Capella, I would have thought that they would have moved the pick because Akongu was by far the guy I would have taken at number six in terms of value, but I'm not entirely sure how he fits with those other two guys, so I'm interested to see how that works.
2: As am I, my friend, as am I. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the pcc multiverse that is by far my favorite because it's also character driven
4: and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it
3: a game like wolfenstein which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years
4: catch our
2: shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on podbean spotify apple podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets I made the joke earlier about new Orleans collecting all the point guards in the world. And while they actually did trade one off, whatnot, one they did keep is Kira Lewis jr. I wanted to ask you this, Mikey, um, Kira Lewis jr. He's been, he's been well thought of actually he's been rising up draft boards ever since we started talking to you guys. He went from somebody in the twenties who's really gone up and obviously ended up as number 13. I want to ask you this, Mikey, uh, is it maybe a little bit too much of a reach there for, for Norris? Because if you're, I mean, he's a, he should be there. That's right where he was picked, but to be, you know, playing for that team right now, it looks like Kira Lewis maybe at best. Once they clear out this whole point guard situation might be a backup point guard. Is it too early at 13 to be picking what essentially could be? And I'm hoping I'm wrong because I like the kid a lot. Could be a backup guard at number 13.
1: I I guess, like, with so many of these players, though, it's just situation. Mm-hmm. And he might be a backup, like, to start things off. But I think eventually he can become a starting point guard. Uh, I, I thought it was a really good pick. And I, he was somebody that I thought they uh, might choose before they decided to trade for, you know, Bledsoe and George Hill. I have a feeling that at least one of those guys is going somewhere else. Um, and then as far as, like, you know, if you're, like, qualifying like Lonzo as a point guard and, and so many of their other guys, it, it just seems like they're kind of multi-positional. Yeah. And um, like, if anything, I feel like new Orleans is just going to have a guy like Zion um, or, or even like, you know, move the ball through like Brandon Ingram at times, but obviously Zion is the guy that you hope to move it through. And um, you know, any guards you're kind of playing uh, besides him, you just want some speed. You want some shooting and I think that's ultimately what Kyra, Kyra Lewis Jr. could possibly provide. So, um,
2: yeah, I, I thought that was absolutely in his range, and I actually thought it was a good pick. I knew it was in his range. I'm just saying the, where the fit comes into it, because he's not going uh, to be able to give in 25, 30 minutes a game to go ahead and develop right off the bat. Let's say he was on a losing right. team or something like that. He's going to be a little bit of a log jam right there. Plus, with all the players that they have already, they do need, like you said, to clear out some space. Uh, jason i want to ask you this oh,
1: just to, to no, go for it to that, please very few 13th picks would be able to come in and play like 25 minutes so yeah I, i'm not very surprised there
2: okay well fair enough no actually actually, actually that's a good point as well uh, i wanted to ask you this on precious chua who's been all over the map and i've even actually seen stone ping-ponging him all over the place as far as in his draft site.com uh, draft reports. He went from middle of first round, higher in the first round on some people's drafts. I know you had him on the edge of the second round, I think, at, at some point, Stone. Was that correct?
0: Oh, yeah. he's. I've had him, I think the highest I had him was like 14th, and I think the lowest I've had him was like 36th. Yeah. So he's been everywhere in between,
2: exactly. Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts, Jason. He went to Miami, and I was thinking that they were going to shore up the guards because they were going to possibly lose not oh, one yeah. but two guards. uh It's interesting that they chose Achua, but obviously he brings a nice defensive mindset to their already defensive minded team.
3: No, totally. And I think I think that's where where the fit is. I think you know, at the end of the day, you could you know going against the Lakers, Anthony Davis. I mean, you can't have enough defensive big guys to try to try to match up but yeah he's someone that, that's definitely you know just don't point too. It, it's like been all over the board because i know I, I think our first mock i don't think we had him in our first round and then we kind of had him in the like the lower 20s and kind of kind of moved him up but we ended up at 17 in our, in our last mock but again it's, i think it's just like yeah like feel for the game you know like feel for the game you know controlling like handling the ball you know not turning it over and not you know I think a lot of guys get infatuated with their shot and try to settle for a lot of shots that they're probably not the best, best at. So I think, you know, again, improving that shot selection and those kind of kind of things, because uh, Jimmy doesn't like to lose. And that's what I respect about Jimmy a lot is I think, you know, they, they might've cast him out in Minnesota and Philadelphia and all these, you know, because he wanted to win. Like he was the one that was in the, you know, in the right there. So I think again, like the backup, you know, backup or kind of, you know, spell bam in certain situations, or especially if bam gets hurt, which is, you know, like just having a big body that can come out. And I think you can never kind of have enough of that. And especially later in the first round, I, I think that's like totally, totally fine to kind of have that, that pick of that kind of player.
2: There you go. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask, Hector uh, Rafi, I'm going to ask you real quick on someone you're familiar with, RJ Hampton, but I wanted to get to Stone first. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you was Tyrese Maxey. For you stone we're not quite sure where he falls as far as point guard shooting guardish, and you know we uh that that slot for philadelphia had been talked about if philadelphia keeps that pick uh they had talked about going and, and getting someone that could you know fill out that and help that point guard need maybe or leave at least a better shooter per se for point guard and you know we, saw, we talked about uh earlier on the show seth curry providing some of that shooting that philadelphia just got What do you think about Tyrese Maxey going at that slot at number 21, if I'm not mistaken?
0: Um, I think it was one of the biggest, if not the biggest steal of the draft, actually. Um, Maxey going that far down, uh, I think, was a real steal. I think I had him in 12th on my board, but just in terms of the fit, um, I know they got Danny Green now. They have uh, Terrence Ferguson. They have a lot of wing players now, Uh, Seth Curry. But – Maxey is a uh, strong perimeter defender, so he kind of replaces Richardson in terms of that role. Um, he'll take on a lot of the uh, you know, strong scoring guards that, of opponents. Um, and then I think there's a lot of room for him in terms of guard help. Um, I think we saw a lot of the time the Sixers, much like the Lakers, uh, where Simmons took on a lot of ball handling duties. And um, there's some problems in terms of having uh, other guys take the pressure off of him. Um, so that Simmons doesn't have to constantly be the guy making plays every single possession. I think Ma- Maxi relieves him of that a little bit throughout the season. Um, Maxi is a guy who I think a lot of people look at the shooting numbers that he had at Kentucky um, and just base his shooting trajectory uh, off of that. And I don't think that's entirely fair because he was a very strong shooter um, before, before landing at Kentucky Um, And I'm pretty confident in the fact that he will continue on that trajectory pre-Kentucky in the NBA. One of the things
2: I want to ask you again, Raphael, was RJ, who you got a chance to go ahead and check out quite a bit and covered a lot of footage, and that's all available. If anybody out there – and I want to go ahead and say if you out there want to know more about what your team, your favorite team, picked as far as a player is concerned – You want to look at profiles. The best place to go for all these player profiles is NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. There are dozens and dozens. And by the way, did I mention dozens of player profiles that are right there for you at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube? And one of them is on RJ Hampton. Actually, more than one, actually. Uh, I had my choice when I was going and throwing it on my mock draft. Wanted to ask you this. RJ Hampton, he was, I think, of that group in the teens. that that it was expected, he dropped the most from what I was able to see. Your thoughts, maybe Desmond Bain uh, also, who was uh, supposedly a fast riser, also didn't get to number 30, uh, didn't get chosen until number 30. So I want to hear your thoughts on RJ Hampton, why he possibly might have dropped that far down. We spoke about it earlier with the Mm -hmm. the Weisenbergs, but I wanted to hear your thoughts as well.
4: I I thought once Jalen Smith went up, then somebody was going to fall. It's just... How the cookie crumbles. Um, I think Denver is actually a good fit for him. I, f- I feel like that's probably the best fit for him, simply because if you have Jokic on your team, he's your de facto point guard, and you can, you you don't have to have the responsibilities of distributing and running a team. So if he's on the floor with Jokic, then he can, you know, cut. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have the responsibility of running the team. I feel like Jamal Murray coming into the NBA wasn't a point guard either. He was able to slowly develop into a decent playmaker simply because he had Jokic. I think if Jokic isn't there, Jamal Murray probably starts his career as a point guard, and I think he would have struggled early. But as far as him falling, I think, um, like I said, I think the Jalen Smith pick kind of led to a free fall. And then I think there's questions about his actual position. Is he a one? Is he a two? And then if you're kind of like a combo and there's questions about your shooting, I think that can be difficult for you. I was shocked to see Cole Anthony go ahead of him. Um, But I don't know if he's the biggest. I thought Sadiq Bey, I thought there was talk about him possibly going in the lottery and he fell to 19. Yeah. So that was interesting to me. Maxi went about where I thought he would go. Um, yeah, in Maine. So I guess those were the... And Nico Mannion. I mean, some people had him as a first-round grade, and he fell. All the way. Really, yeah. He dropped. Really hard. College.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so there I you go. That was couple, though with this class, is there's just so many guards that you're going to see some guards just drop because it was so oversaturated positionally. You got it. Yeah. But you got to remember...
2: Oh.
0: But you got to remember
2: in Denver, they have that great shooting guard, Bull Bull. You can't forget about that right there for you. You know, mm. There you go. Bull bowl, bull bull. You got to love bull bull. I think his future is got bright. I, I think it is. But, uh, I personally got a lot of love for the guy, uh, that goes back to actually last year's draft when he was actually felt sorry for the kid. Cause he, he dropped so far down, but I think he does have a lot of talent and, uh, obviously RJ going into a great situation like I said in De- like you said in Denver so that's something to look forward to but before we go ahead and hear your winners and losers on the draft I want to hear the second round choices because that's something or even late first round if there's anything that really stuck out to you so Jason I want to ask you this is there anything in the late first round or second round that really stuck out to you I mean point out any con- inconsistencies or any just really steals or or just big disappointments that you have with the rest of the draft,
3: honestly, I kind of like Malachi Flynn going going on the Raptors because obviously Fred Veld is probably on the you know the way out to get, get paid somewhere. So you know, I think I think you know, yeah, like he's going to get his, his, and I think it's well deserved. I think Fred Veld has been super, you know, crucial for the Raptors. I think you know Malachi Flynn is going you know, to hopefully kind of fill some of those minutes at least, and I think that's a great opportunity for him, especially you know Kyle Lowry's getting in his, his latter years, and Toronto's going to see a little bit of shift as well. You know, Marcus Souls you know, getting up there and it's, you know, transitioning to, you know, Pascal Siakam and his team. But yeah, I think Malachi Flynn's an interesting pick on the wraps. I really was kind of digging that.
2: Well, anything else in the second round that you saw as well? Because like it's said, that's the edge of the first round. Anything in the second round that you saw that you kind of liked or you kind of were disappointed in seeing?
3: Um, you know, nothing like, I mean, like at this point in my life, like I feel like the second round is kind of like, if you get something that's great, if not, you know, you didn't put too much too much in there. I, I honestly like Vernon Carey, you know, going, going at the, the front of the, the second round. Because, again, he's someone that's, you know, he lost a lot of weight. Yes. And, you know, he can prove himself as, you know, a good starting center in the league. And he was someone, you know, out of the recruiting cycle that, you know, was, you know, if this was two years ago, we're talking like the top of the draft. So, again, it's that kind of value. And hopefully, like, he has the soft hands. And hopefully that can kind of develop. And I think, you know, good position in Charlotte.
2: Mikey, did you have any thoughts on, on as far as the, either the late first round or early second, you know, round, or even the second round as a whole? Anything that really stuck out to you? I know uh, Azabuike moving up at the last minute also to sneak into the first round was kind of a surprise for me, just because of the fact that he's you know his free throw shooting is is just not there and and you know he's a rim runner and did i mention he's a rim runner and that's pretty much all you're going to get right now because he's got a lot of holes in this game but is there anything else that stuck out to you either in late first round or the second round
1: well yudoka is also like a massive human being yes. and was one of the finishers in college basketball so i i think that's kind of like they're just looking from a physical perspective and. Um, the other like his lateral quickness is terrible Um, and obviously like the shooting is not something you're ever going to bank on but he um, is a really good vertical athlete like surprisingly good Um, the combine numbers were a complete lie and they like added like three and a half four inches to his vertical because he botched his standing reach but um, (laughs) I I wasn't too surprised um, that he went there I think, as I said, I think Memphis absolutely killed it with their two picks. I, I love the Desmond Bain 30 and then um, trading up a little bit to
0: get Xavier Tillman. And so, they actually, sorry, real quick, I uh, just, just saw they signed uh, Killian Tilly as well. Oh, man. <laughs> a question,
1: there. a question! I saw uh, Chicago signed uh, Devin Dotson, and that, yeah. it was kind of surprising that he went undrafted. Um, I just want to give a few other second-round picks that I kind of dug. And um, I like Isaiah Joe at forty nine. I, I had heard that there was a time where he it, he was linked to Philadelphia, but it was possibly even as high as like twenty one or four. Um, so four. And then uh, I I like Cassius Winston to Washington. I, I just think that's a you know nice move. I know that was always somebody that Raphael was uh, pretty high on at the end of the first round, um, and just. Obviously one of the most established shooters in the draft as well. Um, Grant Riller to Charlotte at 56, I think is an absolute steal. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he eventually gets some rotation minutes there and uh is an, a nice scoring threat off of the bench. And um yeah, I also I I even like uh Paul reed to Philadelphia. I, he he was a guy I, I thought would go a little bit higher as a big guy. Um you just kind of bank on that energy, that rebounding ability. Um and then I know the the shot isn't aesthetically pleasing, but at least, you know, showed some ability there and um you know, it, it,
2: worth a gamble. It's funny because uh he's one of John Hollinger's favorites as far as the numbers concerned. I've yeah. seen him very beloved by him and spoke out uh, quite Fox, frequently Fox. on Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's a big stocks guy, big rebounding guy. Yeah. And uh, the steals and and rebounding tend to translate.
2: Mr. PER himself. You'll forgive me if I'm going ahead and going right down exactly. I'm going to improve my vertical leap right now as we speak by three or four inches as well. I just want to make sure to note that to you for next year's draft. <laughs> but. Good s- job. There you go. Stone, I wanted to... I got my eye on you, Gerald. Okay, very good, very good. Stone, I want to ask you this. Uh, did you see anything in the lace first round, second round, that, that yeah, just really spoke out to you? I mean, uh, obviously, like you, Mikey you said, Memphis, I think, got some really good draft choices. I think they really really did well i think they've got a bright future for shoring up a lot of the things that they needed to shore up on but did you see anything in the late first round and also the second round anywhere you want as far as what you're seeing maybe some things that stuck out to you in a positive or a negative way
0: yeah uh there's actually a lot that i liked and disliked in the second round so i'll just kind of go through a few quickly because i don't want to take all of them up for Rafael. But um, I, Jalen Harris was someone, I know, uh, Mikey mentioned Malachi Flynn in the first round. Jalen Harris going that late in the second round, I think, is another solid, solid guard for them to take. Um, someone that uh, can easily play rotational minutes off the bat, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, just pairing those two together in their developmental system is something I really like. Uh, also, the Celtic t- Celtics taking uh, Yamadar that far, uh, number 47, I think it was a, even a more solid pick than them taking uh, Peyton Pritchard at 26. Um, I'm more of a Madar fan than Pritchard. <laughs> and I think that they should have... Uh, you yeah, realize, mikey has got that
2: him. Oregon jersey hanging up right now. I over. know he's I, not. You know what? Me, but... I, I completely agree with the though. I, I
1: think Almadar is going to give Peyton Pritchard, like, fits in practice. Uh, yeah. I, I like the Amadar. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: There,
1: there's um, a nice battle there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then um, Trey Jones going to the Spurs um, uh, all night during Twitter. I was not happy with Trey Jones falling that far, but uh, going to the Spurs made it worth it because I think he's a perfect fit on the Spurs, a defensive guard who um, can run a team competently, run a second unit. Um, I think he's one of the safest guys in this entire class to just like be a solid backup for at least a decade and get rotational minutes. And then um, lastly, I think the uh, Mavericks made a lot of uh, great moves uh, early in the second round with um, Tyler Bay and Tyrell Terry, just as value plays. Uh, those two guys were slotted by many to be uh, first-rounders. Um, and I think uh, replacing Seth Curry with Tyrell Terry right off the bat is a good move. Um, and then Tyler Bay is you know, one of the best cutters probably in the draft, um, and getting him paired with Luka is going to make a lot of highlight plays, I think.
2: That's a good point. That's a good point. And then with Ty- Tyrell Terry, uh, you could see him as a less expensive version of Seth Curry if he develops in that fashion. So that's something to think about right there. Raphael, I mean, I'm talking to a lot of Portland fans out here. It's it's stone to me as Laker fans versus some Portland fans out there. So with uh, right there, right there behind, I see, I see the I see the Trailblazer jersey right there. But uh, Raphael, I wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts on as far as the late first round, second round. Is there anything that stuck out to you one way or
4: the other? Yeah. I don't even know where to start. There were a lot of things. That's okay, um, We're here. I thought, I thought the Mavs won the draft. I thought they got three first round picks, basically three first round picks in Josh Richardson. And they only gave up Seth Curry. So I thought that was a win for them. I thought Philly, they went from having too many bigs and no guards to now they have a logjam of guards and wings. As far as the selections, um, let's see, where do we start? Paul Reed falling that far—that that was a shocker to me. Um, I had a, I had Vernon Carey going right where he went at thirty-two. I'm still just trying to catch up on all the yeah, trades. Just figure like who landed where. Um, but I thought Oturi, he's he's gonna end up in LA, right, with the Clippers. Yeah, he's the Clippers. So I think that's a good pick because they needed some size there. Um Grizzlies had a good draft. Oh, Saban Lee going at number thirty-eight to the to the Pistons. That was probably the biggest shocker to me in the second round as far as guys being drafted. I knew that Troy Weaver was going to take some hyper-athletic guard. So at one point, I thought he was going to look at RJ Hampton at number seven because there were the rumors that, well, that's what he likes. And then he was around when Westbrook was drafted. And so um, he, he wanted the safer pick at point guard and Killian Hayes, but Saban Lee is, is going to be his project that I think he's going to look to mold and um, Satan Lee is a freak athlete. So I thought that was probably the biggest shocker because I didn't see him on a lot of mock drafts getting drafted at all. For him to go to 38, I thought that was, he was the biggest riser. Well,
0: there and you go. saw they just uh, shipped out Bruce Brown too, so I think uh, he yeah. kind of replaced his Brown in, in terms of that backup role. Yep.
2: Yeah. And hopefully that will work out because Detroit needs a lot of help. They need yeah. a lot of help. Uh, if I li- they
4: the draft. I thought they had a
2: really good draft. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they took a step in the right direction, for sure. Yep. So you heard
2: Raphael's pick for as far as the best in the draft, as far as who picked the best. We'll get back to Raphael on his worst as far as, uh, or I won't say worst, the most questionable or head-scratching per se. But Jason, I want to start with you. When it comes to who do you think won and who do you think maybe eh, might have not done as well as you would thought in the draft, whatever teams you want to go with, uh, as many teams as
3: you want to select. Yeah, I mean, I think I think winners. I mean, you can even I think Golden State, you know, addressed some getting Wiseman, getting a center, and I think good value out of Nico Mannion in the in the second round. I think especially you know if Clay is is out, I think that could be an interesting you know dynamic in the backcourt of having you know two people that can kind of push push the ball, push the tempo. Um, it's really it's really tough to say. Like, I think a lot of teams did you know as as expected. I would say as far as like winning, I think some of the teams that stayed out of the draft, honestly, I think Portland. You know having as getting Isaiah Stewart at 16 and getting it for Rodney Covington, someone that can come and play immediately. I think the Lakers, honestly, moving out, getting shorter, someone that can kind of help them right now. I think, I mean, I think those are moves that that kind of show up pretty well to me. I think, I mean, Phoenix again kind of reached early, but I don't, you know, Cam Johnson that that actually, like, you know, this time last year we were kind of skeptical of that pick, but I think you know, it ends up looking you know, pretty, pretty decent for them so. I don't know as far as like anyone that, that I think totally lost it there was definitely, it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting draft. Cause again, I just, I, there was no one that was like, you had to come in and get, and that's why you didn't see a lot of trades until a little bit later. There's no one that was like, you know, you're, you're going to go all the way for once the trade wins open, the floodgates just opened
2: up. Yeah. yeah. It was just all over the place.
3: Like, bunched into those spots. I mean, like the, you talk, a pick, like, yeah, that's a little little bit of a stretch. And again, you have another big guy, you know, sh- again, shooting free throws in the league. I mean, that, that gets you out of the game, you know, at the end of a lot of games right now. So, yeah, it's a.
4: I think okay. he'll play a mobile role. I think that's the role you see him play. Yeah.
0: But he's
4: 75% from the floor for his career. So <laughs> it's hard to <You're laughs> not catch <laughs> a guy that shoots.
1: It's not necessarily at the end of the game when you're worried about him getting fouled. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's like what the game turns into. But yeah, I I think there's probably more I think with this draft, I don't think there was that much at stake as far as like people willing to risk. So I I you know don't think there's too much loss. I think a lot of teams that end up kind of, you know, getting something for them. I mean I think again the Knicks, you know with Obi Toppin, like we'll see how that, that plays out. But again, still a really good player. I mean they, they drafted Balmero, which obviously people like, but then they traded him. So, I mean, there's those questions there that could, you know, come back, you know, a few years where we'll look back and be like, why was that trade? Why was that trade made? And I mean, you could say the same thing for um, Pokercheski as well, you know, and then maybe, you know, that makes that team look a little
4: worse in a couple of years.
2: Mikey, what are your thoughts? I want to hear your thoughts on who won and who you think maybe... I'm sorry. We're going, we're going with winners. Yeah, winners, lineup. winners, and, and teams that you think maybe didn't also not do so oh, great. Cover both right. Yeah,
1: I've got I've got four teams that I want to address as guys that I felt won. Raphael, I think nailed on the head with Dallas. I think they did a great job. Charlotte. I first off, you get Lamelo, who is the most talented player in the class. Um, love Ruler at fifty-six. I'm not out on Kerry at 32. I, I thought they maybe could have uh, gone with, like, uh, Xavier Tillman. But I Kerry, to me, is still somebody who's just so talented offensively. And I, I think they probably just need a, a push there. And, um, you, you know, you're getting, like, a backup big at 32. Like, that's not the end of the world, especially when he has uh, that kind of upside as an offensive player. And I'm still not out on him as, like, being able to stretch the floor either. Has always been like really good with shooting and footwork there. Um, then uh, San Antonio, as Stone said, um, like I, I love the the cell pick at eleven. I thought that was just a, a good value pick, and then they got the good value with the Trey Jones in the second round. And um, Memphis, I, I think Memphis crushed this draft. Um, they took two that probably the two best seniors in the draft. And uh, guys who I think can immediately come in and give them some good minutes. And then hearing that they signed Killian Tilly, like, that's just absurd.
0: Like, shout out to Jackson Hoy.
1: Shout out to Sonny Alwalia. Shout out to Ricky Stricka. Shout, shout out to a lot of people in Memphis right now.
2: There you go. There you go. Those are some great thoughts indeed. Stone. Uh, you've had yeah. some great insights so far on this show, and as all of these guys, so I want to hear your thoughts on the winners and maybe the maybe a head scratcher every now and then
0: yeah, uh, I actually would love to do another podcast with you because there's I have a lot of thoughts on this draft, but we don't have We're, all the time in the world well, the red, but, we will <laughs> we'll schedule something we'll go ahead and get do that sounds after. good sounds good um. I think not just because I'm a Laker fan, but I know you'll enjoy me saying this as well. I think the Celtics lost big time in this draft. Oh. Uh, I think, I think uh, taking Aaron Neesmith at 14 was not good value at all. I know many have him uh, that high in terms of their big boards and mock drafts, but I think a specialty shooter, um, it's just not something they really need. And uh, I'm not really sure. I understand the fit there in, in terms of like what they were thinking. Um, I think I already touched on Peyton Pritchard. I think that's um, and as a bouquet, Both those guys that late or that early, I should say, a bit late in the first round. Um, I really don't understand taking him that high. Uh, I know both those guys were risers uh, heading into the draft, um, and both were expected to go, you know, early second, maybe late first. Um, but I think that's um, again. There's so many other guys that I'd rather have uh, that in that range, um, and taking those guys there is just really questionable to me um and then the fact that they had the 30th pick and could have taken desmond bain pro- possibly the seal of the draft and then they traded it away um is again like another just
2: Bye-bye. really
0: weird really weird um decision to me and It's like the one pick that, that that would have been great for them and they they ended up trading it uh, but it strikes again I did like Madar though. Um, in terms of people that won, uh, I think, Mike, you already mentioned the Grizzlies, right, and Rafael with the Mavericks. Those two teams, I think, just slated the entire draft. I think the Thunder actually did pretty well. Um, I'm not entirely sure that the Ricky Rubio trade, in terms of value, was the best uh, route for them to go, but I think Pokashevsky and Maladon, and, uh, at where they got them, is pretty solid value. Um I think that the Pistons, uh, I really love the Killian Hayes pick there. Um, I actually didn't have a lot of faith in the Pistons that they would make that pick, Um, but that is a pick that I really, really wanted to see um, heading into this draft, and I'm uh, very excited that they did. Um, And then lastly, someone that um, I don't think a lot of people are talking about is Cole Anthony to the Magic. Um, That's a pick that I, probably my favorite pick of the draft, if I'm being honest. Um, I just love the, the fit there. I think um, Anthony is a better shooter, obviously, than he showed at UNC this year. Um, the athleticism just fits right in with everything that they're doing there with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, who hopefully will come near the, come back near the end of this season. Uh, maybe not. And um, I just love that fit. They need a lead guard handler or a lead ball handler that's a guard. So I'm going to go alongside Fultz. And I think those two are pretty interchangeable um, and they can play together. So i'm really happy with what they did there at 15. there
2: you go right there that's some great insight i know that's something that i was talking about earlier and saying that cole anthony if the fultz experiment doesn't work to fruition then you can slot cole anthony in there as a as the starting point guard passer maybe he needs to work on that issue the playmaking but like you said someone who can find the basket and score i think that's a A good situation right there for a team that sorely needs something on offense. So I agree with you there on that end. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Raphael, we talked about your winners, but there has to be mm-hmm. at least one team or maybe two or three that might be, that may moves like, that had your head scratching. So I want to hear your
4: thoughts on that. Uh, I thought Boston lost. They had <laughs> three first round picks. And I felt like, for example, Dallas, had a better draft and they entered the draft with only one first round pick. And I thought Peyton Pritchard was a reach. I thought, um, yeah, I just wasn't a fan of their draft. I, and then I thought maybe I was, I, I thought when Atlanta selected Okongwu, I thought there was some type of deal that was going to come up with. Okongwu going to Boston and then um, Atlanta getting like their 14th pick or, or thought maybe even Gordon Hayward would be in the deal um but as of now i don't i don't know what boston is thinking i felt like they should have been able to move up but they they didn't so i I don't think they had a good
2: draft well it's so funny because you shouldn't be talking too much out there about restricted free agents because look what happened in milwaukee we all thought bogdanovich was going there that may not be the case right so It looks like yeah.
4: Uh, I text. I, I'm hoping I can hear from him, but uh, I think he's in. Uh, I think he's in Belgrade, so it's probably like super early in the morning now. But hopefully, I hear from him to see to see what's going that's on. Your boy, yeah, man. Huh? That's your boy. Yeah, he was he was in Fenerbahce when I was out there, but I thought it was weird anyway from the first place. Like it's either tampering or something. Like free agency doesn't start, so how would the Bucks even know? So, I was kidding. That's
0: a weird situation.
2: Well, I was. Yeah. I was kidding earlier that the agent probably was sitting somewhere, eating lunch somewhere, and hears this news and be like, "Oh, did somebody ask me? Did somebody ask my client? Huh? What's about that? What's up with that? You know, because it just it's just like you said, is it tampering or is it is it something where they really reached out to him? Because he, you know, you said he's in Belgrade right now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. so, so it's, you know
4: it's, i know he's he's overseas so yeah i mean
2: you know it's not exactly the e- easiest person to get a hold of but I maybe it's just like under the assumption theo i don't know maybe they did contact i don't know how that worked out but it's actually kind of blown apart a little bit we'll see if it gets repaired here in the coming days because free agency is coming around the corner
4: but but you can't negotiate i yeah. mean that's literally like you the, know the the, the Nick saying we've made an leaking that they've made a a max offer sheet to brandon ingram like you can't literally (laughs) you can't do that so somebody's probably going to get fired for leaking the information or dropping the ball it's (laughs) weird that'd be so funny if the
2: lakers are reunited once again with randall and ingram in uh in new york that would be just so funny just to have them then right back there where where it all started, in, in any ways, this this Laker tried this Laker lineage. It's just going all at first in 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 Washington, then New Orleans, and now it's maybe possibly even New York. Oh my gosh, just Lakers all over the place. Stone, what are we gonna do, man? We're we gonna do we like a player, and he goes right after. So
0: bring this championships. I'm not mad.
2: There you go. Same here. Same here. I mean, I'm not gonna cry at all for the early start to the season because you know what? I'll take that 17th banner, indeed. But. All these teams, just they laid themselves out on the line tonight. It's been a crazy night. A lot of different choices, a lot of things that went on that had us going wow, had us going woo, and had us going eow. But I'll tell you what, it's been a great time indeed. And from an emotional standpoint for me, these guys right here uh, that I've basically reached out to, and these were the first guys right here that said, you know what, we will come on your show and talk the NBA draft. As Raphael likes to kid me, it was actually took two years before that happened, but because <laughs> he never Sorry. saw the message in the first place because I sent one two years ago and then uh, two years later, I just said, eh, I'll throw one out again and look what happened. But uh, you guys have been stuck with me ever since, but on an emotional, really, truly cannot say thank you enough to each and every one of you for going ahead and being part of the Lakers fast break and doing all the things that you do as far as covering the nba draft and being you know showing everyone out there the insight that you do but before we head on out it is major plug time so we want to go ahead and get the shameless plugs in there for you i'll start off with the weisenbergs go ahead jason or mikey go ahead and tell people where you're at how to get a hold of you and what show and what channel would i want to go ahead and
3: watch on, on the nba draft you know i'm at jay weisenberg he is at nba draft mikey v you like us both we're at viseland you can catch us on youtube and anywhere podcasts can be found if you can listen to it we will be there oh that's hopefully. awesome hopefully we get there well will you be fighting like brothers always i i don't think it's possible not to
2: okay okay because i've seen your episodes you, you, you know you fight like laker tom and i do on our show so that's that's something that's right there so if you like fights but we all don't get paid like Stephen A. Smith. But you like fights anyways on basketball. Go ahead and check out Viceland on YouTube. But, again, great insight, a lot of great stories. They cover a lot of awesome NBA topics, so please look out for it. It's Viceland, V-I-S-E-L-A-N-D. Don't put the C in there. It will take you on a different road. What
3: were you saying, Jason? I mean, tell you about that other one. Just click on ours. It's very easy, you know.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it, okay. Well, you'll be starting looking at, like, the dark side of pro wrestling. You'll be looking at all these weird news stories, uh, things of that nature, if you type in the C. So, I like I said, B-I-S-E-L-A-N-D. Stone Hansen, my friend, you'll be coming back on the show. In fact, all these guys will be coming back to the show. You'll hear them in the not-too-distant future on upcoming episodes. But, Stone, tell us what's going on with you. How can they get a hold of you? Do they have any questions, thoughts, comments? And, of course you're already updating for the 2021 draft.
0: Yeah, uh, as we all probably are. Um, Yeah, so you can find my, I um, update the mock drafts continuously on uh, draftsite.com. I'll be entering the 2021 and 2022 guys um, for those classes, hopefully within the next week or two, um, now that we've already finished up with 2020. Um, all my 2020 draft uh, draft day grades will be on my Twitter. Uh, you can find it at report underscore court. Um, I'll post uh, all my grades for how I think every team did. Um, hopefully I'll be back to talk with you about it as well. Um, so, yeah, any any of my work, uh, you can just find it at report underscore court on Twitter.
2: Well, there you go. And certainly last but not least, that sound you heard in the middle part of the United States was a big sigh of relief that the 2020 nba draft is now over because all the time that this man has put into his work he he, he needs to take a break but will he get one that's up to him he'll, he'll just go back on a bike ride once again so it is my good friend mr rafael barlow and before we head on out tell everybody what you're up to dash radio run the floor is that coming back and also everything that you're doing with nba draft junkies
4: yeah um nba draft junkies um i got maybe one or two more videos i'll probably do for this draft class to wrap it up and i'll be done i think that puts me at over 150 videos for this class i'm tired i i don't know why i decided to make a stupid second round mock draft i saw it though and i saw it at the end you're like thank God it's done. <laughs> it took me eight hours to make that video. Because I had to make a, I decided to try to upgrade and I made a graphic for every player, every team. Then, you know, just kind of trying to memorize editing. I'll never do that again. At least I won't take the class the last minute. But I hadn't seen a full second round mock. And I want to do a draft grade, you know, a recap. Part of me wants to do it tonight, but then part of me is like get some sleep i take a few days off, but I want to do 2021. I'm just ready to look at some new guys. I haven't even watched any 2021s yet. So I'm really looking forward to just seeing some fresh new players. And I feel like I just overanalyzed this draft. My, my mock draft 2.0 was a lot more accurate than the 3.0. And I I think other people's are probably the same. You just had too much time to over-evaluate guys. But, yeah, I will try to keep up the pace. Um, keep putting out content. It's gonna be a struggle. As far as like, I was thinking about with my my radio show on Dash, like, fifty five minutes every week on the draft all year long. That that may be a little tough, but I'm up for the challenge. But yeah, you can find me NBA Draft Junkies Barlow five hundred on Twitter, R Barlow on Instagram.
2: Let's go ahead and start talking, Cade Cunningham. There you go.
4: There you go. Yeah all right we'll go from there we'll go from first there. pick of the oklahoma city thunder <laughs> next year the uh, yeah
2: that's the hope.
4: yes that's oh, they're, it. they're they're going to make sure oklahoma city it is, yeah uh, i think it, it it makes sense i'm interested to see how this
2: nba g league thing you and i have talked about it i know i've talked about it with mikey I know Stone, you and I have, I think have also touched on it, how this is going to work out as far as the developmental league is concerned and the team is concerned. If that's going to be a crash and burn type scenario, or if it's going to be something that's going to develop these players, that's a, that's a question for another day. I'm going to hit you guys up with, because that'll take up another hour. So I know you
4: guys. I talked to a coach and he said, they're going to play, but. If it doesn't work, then it's gonna kill it. So they're gonna put all of those guys in the best position to succeed. They're gonna make sure nobody's stock is hurt. So they're they're gonna play like nobody, because they haven't even announced the G League season yet. But they've announced this Ignite team is gonna play. So.
2: We'll see what happens, uh, finding any of the team. Maybe high school teams will go ahead and match up with them. There you go. I mean, they may play us.
4: we got five of us now, so Absolutely. nobody stops me if they, they play against the Lakers fast break crew. And you guys, yeah. will,
2: you guys will stick me with the seven-footer. I know you guys will <laughs> stick me with the seven-footer. Gerald, that guy. That guy's yours. Yeah,
4: guys. You look like you might be a switchy defender. You look like you might be able to switch three through five. I, I, eight,
2: on the D end, I'm all that good, and if you need someone to pass <laughs> – I will throw it to you from fifty feet away, right on the money. Just don't ask me to shoot. That's a different story.
0: Gerald Okoro.
2: There you go, Gerald. Well, Gerald Okoro, who could pass? Maybe not, not, not quite, not quite Lamelo, but not quite. But we'll, we'll see. If you guys are gunners, I will find you. I will find you, and I won't get mad when you miss. How about that? How about that? But, good. but guys, i tell you what, it's just been an incredible time. One hour, 45 minutes of great NBA draft talk. We could be talking till the early morning hours, but you know what? For Raphael, it's already the early morning hours. So we're going to go mm-hmm. ahead and get these guys some rest. Mikey, you've been great all day listening to my lousy voice all the time. Uh, just thank you so much. Jason. All good.
1: just it, wanted to do a quick shout out. Um, yeah. Perspective Insight. And then I just want to thank everybody that is involved with Draft Twitter and the Draft in general. It's been so great, Gerald, you having us on the show and uh, doing the mock draft with guys like uh, my brother and co-host Jason Weisenberg, who I love dearly, uh, Rafael Barlow, who I, I think just puts out some amazing content, and Hansen, who I love his takes, and uh, it's been wonderful getting to know him as well. Thank you.
2: Well, you guys have been incredible, and you all deserve a big pat on the back for all the work that you've done. But 2020 is now over in a way. There's still more to go ahead and discuss, I'm sure, as the aftermath as the dust starts to settle. Free agency is coming up in a couple of days, and that's even more fun. That's coming up. And the season right around the corner, training camps on the 1st, season on the 22nd. You know what, we always wanted a period of time when the NBA doesn't stop. And you know what, due to the wacky world of 2020, that time is right now. So we're gonna enjoy it and we're gonna do the best we can to get through it. But you know what, it's been an awesome time and an awesome experience. I will get all these guys back right here on the channel. So you go ahead and check us out each and every time. Support all these great guys and what they do, please. Viceland, Perspective Insight, NBA Draft Junkies. Check Rafael out on Dash Radio. Also as well, draftsite.com. Please go ahead and support their great work today. And I cannot thank enough these guys so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for watching. And thank you so much for listening to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.